It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the moment last. Well, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavist, a licensed nutritionist and a certified nutrition specialist. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company specializing in life-changing nutrition education and therapeutic nutrition counseling. Joining me today as our co-host is Kate Crosby. Kate is a nutrition educator and a counselor, and she sees clients in our Lakeville and North Oaks location. And in addition, she has many phone and Skype clients. So, Kate, welcome to the show. We have a great show planned today. It is a great one. You know, Dar, um, related to our our show topic and our guest, almost every day I have a client bring in their cholesterol numbers. Well, they want to know what these numbers mean, and more importantly, they want to know if they're at risk for heart disease. So today, if you have a question about heart health or want to know if your cholesterol, what they, the, your cholesterol numbers really mean, or what tests you should ask your doctor to order, or... I don't know. You fill in the blank. Yeah. You know, give us a call at 651-641-1071 because we have Dr. Stephen Sinatra joining us by phone in just a few minutes. And Dr. Sinatra is a board-certified cardiologist and an assistant clinical professor of medicine at the University of Connecticut School of Medicine. He's also the author of many books, including The Great Cholesterol Myth, Reverse Heart Disease Now, and his most recent book, I'm sure he'll talk about it today. This is his new cookbook, The Great Cholesterol Myth Cookbook. You know, we find this book just fascinating. The first half of the book is full of important explanations about heart disease and what you can do to prevent it, and then he has a great selection of recipes that follow. And I think one one of the things that I appreciated about it is it's written in a way that most of us can understand. So exactly. Again, if you have questions about your cholesterol, or maybe the question is, does cholesterol cause heart disease? Or hey, what does cause heart disease? Or even if the side effect of taking a statin drug, you know, any question you have, give us a call. Dr. Sinatra loves to answer questions yep. about heart health. So again, our number is six five one six four one one oh seven one. And actually, I had the pleasure of hearing Dr. Sinatra speak at the American College of Nutrition annual conferences a couple of years ago. He's an excellent presenter and a very wise cardiologist. So, Dr. Sinatra, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Oh, uh, thank you. And uh, that was a very nice introduction. Thanks so much. You bet. You know, at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we've been telling people it's okay to eat butter and eggs for about 20 years. And now, oh, great. You've, you've great. Pro- yeah, you've probably seen the new Time magazine, the June twenty third edition of Time magazine, with the big picture of butter on the cover. You know, I saw the cover, but I didn't read the article. But people uh, emailed it to me and said that uh, we were all on the same page. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, for those of you who don't know, the the cover says "Eat butter," and the tagline <laughs> <Yay>. says, <laughs> "Scientists labeled fat the enemy." why they were wrong. So, Dr. Sinatra, is this one of the myths that's covered in your book, The Great Cholesterol Myth? 
Or... Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it is a myth. Uh, and, uh, and remember, while we're talking about butter, uh, butter is good. But uh, again, I like organic butters because uh, mm-hmm. uh, we, we, we want to take in butters that aren't laced with, uh, you know, bovine growth hormone or any stuff like that. So when we recommend these saturated fats to people, uh, because saturated fats can be laced with insecticides, pesticides, and hormones, we want to try to keep them as pure as possible. So uh, whenever we recommend saturated fats, I always like to uh, go uh, with organic uh, as much as possible. Uh, we agree. Uh, so anyway, how did this great cholesterol myth get started? Well, it really goes back to Eisenhower. You know, when Ike had a heart attack, he liked his bacon and eggs. And uh and then things got, uh, I guess, steamrolled after that with the uh, McGovern's committee, uh, and then the uh, the research by uh, Dr. Keyes, which was sort of cherry picked, possibly yep. even fraudulent research showing that, you know, fat was uh, responsible for creating heart disease in different countries of the world. And Dr. But, Sinatra, you know, Dr. Keyes is from right here at the University of Minnesota. Really? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I'm not sure that's a claim to fame, but... <laughs> yeah. But in that Time Magazine article, too, on, you know, Butter, on the cover, it talked about how Ansel Keys, um, the his influence on why we are been told to eat low-fat all these years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was the Time Magazine article kind to Keys? No, no, it was not kind to Keys. It wasn't kind, no. yeah. No, it was because... very honest about what had happened. Oh, good. Because subsequent researchers looked at his research and showed that he cherry-picked the data. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, that goes on today. It's amazing. But uh, I wrote an article for the American College of Nutrition that was published this February uh, on National Heart Month about the statin guidelines. And, and you know, the long and short of, it, of all of this is that whoever you read, uh, whatever author writes an article, uh, if that author has bias, uh, then um, what occurs is that uh, that author cherry-picks the data. Yes. And uh, it's amazing, but you can find data to support, like taking vitamins and minerals, and as an example, and data that will show that you shouldn't take vitamins and Correct. minerals. And, and, mm-hmm. and basically the same is true of, of statins and saturated fats, whether they're good for you or bad for you. So there's an enormous amount of data out there, and, and basically what people need to do is uh, show that, um, uh, there are both sides to the equation and that everybody needs to do their own diligence and find a doctor or a nutritionist they trust and just uh, go on their program. So I think uh, some of the questions that we hear all this time from clients is they say they kind of started to believe that maybe eating healthy saturated fats are okay, but then they really think, so if sat, butter or saturated fat doesn't cause heart disease, what does cause heart disease? And, sure. And even like, Kate, you had a question this morning. Well, kind of explain what determines the diagnosis of heart disease. I mean, is it just when you have a little high blood pressure or high cholesterol? No, you know, basically um, uh, there are a lot of factors that can influence heart disease. Now, blood pressure is one of them. There's no doubt about it. Uh, that's a serious risk factor for, you know, for stroke, heart failure, kidney failure. Uh, it is a silent killer. Uh, you know, blood pressure does need to be addressed because it will put stress on those organs. Um, but, you know, heart disease uh, is, is, is really uh, the end point 
of uh, many factors in the body. You know, it involves emotional stress, it involves blood sugar, it involves what we call hemoglobin A1C, which is basically a long-term assessment of one's blood sugar. But in the final analysis, uh, I really believe it's sugar uh, that causes uh, inflammation in the body, and it's inflammation that's the root cause of heart disease. And what's happened in our society with modern man is that we've become a sugar-laced society. I mean, the average person probably takes in about 160 pounds of sugar a year. Mm-hmm. And we know that sugar relationships and insulin relationships uh, can cause inflammation of our tiny capillaries of blood vessels. So I, I believe that uh, sugar is a, is a major factor. Environmental toxins are factors. Emotional stress are factors. And at the end of the day, when you have uh, multiple burdens like these, uh, this can cause high blood pressure, lipid abnormalities, inflammation, et cetera, Mm. which can lead to heart disease, which is really sort of a a problem that is wrong with the heart, like uh, an enlarged heart, a heart attack, diseased vessels, inflammation, atherosclerosis. Those are the endpoints of heart disease. So it's kind of interesting. Uh, You know, one of the thoughts as you were talking there, I was thinking what we need to do is we need to start getting people to think, okay, we need to go low sugar rather than low fat. And we've been on this for the last 30 years or more on low fat, which was the wrong message. And we should have been doing low sugar or what some people would call low carbohydrates because they don't even realize that sometimes when they're eating bread, they're actually getting a lot of sugar. Exactly. Correct. Correct. You know, and I was part of that movement myself. I mean, I was guilty of that. In the early 80s, uh, hmm. I, uh, I believed that since fat contains nine calories a gram and pro- uh, per gram and protein and carbohydrates contain four calories per gram, it made sense that if you ate less fat, you'd lose weight. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, back in the in the early 80s, I was a vegetarian, and I used to eat a lot of uh, uh, salads and vegetables and pasta and bread, and, and I started to develop insulin resistance. I couldn't believe it. I, I gained 10 pounds. Uh, my, uh, my belly size got bigger. Uh, my uh, laboratory tests got worse. And I'm saying, wait a minute here. I'm, I'm, eating, I'm not eating red meat. I'm not eating fat. What is going on? So in the mid-'80s, I really questioned this this, uh, uh, no-fat, high-fat, low-fat, carbohydrate, you know, uh, diet. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was really in the mid- and late-'80s that I decided that, wait a minute, what's going on here is totally counterproductive, even though it made sense that since fat calories were higher than carbohydrate and protein, uh, at the end of the day, uh, from the, the, the body that didn't register what we thought made sense. So back about 20 years ago, I was really questioning this whole low-fat theory. You know, Dr. Sinatra, we need to uh, take a break. So but stay with us. Stay with we us. Lots of Hold on. We've got up. lots of questions, many callers here. Um, you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Our topic today is preventing heart disease, and joining us in this discussion is Dr. Stephen Sinatra a well-known cardiologist who's practiced over 30 years and is the co-author of The Great Cholesterol Myth and his most recent book, The Great Cholesterol Cookbook. If you've got questions for Dr. Sinatra today, call 651-641-1071.
If you're like me, you try to eat right, but the definition of healthy eating seems like a moving target. Should I eat low-carb or low-fat? Do eggs and butter raise my cholesterol? Is coffee good after all? Don't rely on sound bites and infomercials for something as important as your health. You deserve recommendations based on biochemistry. Nutritional Weight and Wellness is offering My Talk 1071 listeners a complimentary e-newsletter that is chock full of nutrition information and tips. The Weight and Wellness Way newsletter provides sound information and practical strategies from a nutritionist's perspective. Learn a natural approach to healthy eating based on real whole foods you buy at the grocery store. All this and best of all, it's free. To subscribe to the complimentary Weight and Wellness Way e-newsletter, go to weightandwellness.com and enter your email address. Then watch your inbox every month for nutrition news and special offers that will help you look and feel your best. For information on other services at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, call 651-699-3438. Welcome back to Pushing Up Nutrition. You know, on this show and in our weight and wellness classes, we say avoid foods with trans fats. You know, we've been saying avoid trans fats for 10, 20 years. Avoid foods with partially hydrogenated oil or hydrogenated oil in the ingredient list. Dr. Sinatra says trans fats are great for shelf life, but not for your life. I love that line that he had in his. You know, he also says margarine and trans fats in commercial bakery muffins, sheet cakes. Sheet cakes are really famous right now. It's graduation time. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Lots of trans fats. Cupcakes, chicken nuggets are the most dangerous fats you can eat for your heart. So, again, if you have questions, and I know we've got a lot of callers, uh, yep. 651-641-1071. And I think, Dr. Sinatra, we're just going to start taking some callers from people. So, so sure, Linda, no you... Uh, Hopefully we can hear everything. Linda, you've got a question for Dr. Sinatra? I sure do. Thank you so much. Um, this has been a, a battle the last few years. I'm actually in uh, nutritional weight and wellness classes, love it, uh, and eating that way at least again, um, knowing, hoping that I can do this for the rest of my life. But I also have been on statin drugs um, because I have, um, I have high blood pressure. I've taken, uh, had to take two pills for almost 20 years and have a very uh, significant early family history of coronary disease, uh, uh, both a brother and a father that died at age 50, and uh, my mother had a stroke in her early 70s. When my cardiologist would like me to take a low-dose statin, um, and I've been fighting him about it. I've been on them before, not had any side effects from them, when is it the right time to do that, and is there a right time, in your opinion? Perfect question. Yeah, sure. Very good question. Um, first of all, your family history does bother me, and I hope your cardiologist did test for um, hereditary traits that are transferred in the blood, such as homocysteine, uh, fibrinogen, and especially LP little a, which is a very, very small cholesterol particle that is genetically uh, uh, sent down in families, and LP little a, because it's a very, very highly inflammatory uh, cholesterol particle, will cause inflammation, and uh, that's really the uh, real story of cholesterol and heart disease. However, statins have been shown to really not be effective against LP little a. So I would say this to you. Make sure that when you see your cardiologist, you have your cholesterol fractionated. In other words, let's see 
what uh, types of cholesterol you have. Uh, whenever you do cholesterol fractionation, they will dissect out the um, HDL to make sure that it's, it's not dysfunctional. They would look at, look at the forms of LDL, small particle versus uh, large particle, uh, and they will look at the inflammatory triglycerides and also look at whether you have the small cholesterol particle that I'm talking about, LP little a. If, if you have more information uh, about your cholesterol, that's important. The other thing is you want to make sure that you don't have familial hypercholesterolemia, which um, uh, about 1 in 500 people have in this country. And, and basically these are people who have usually cholesterols of three to 400. Uh, usually they have one genetic trait for it. If you have two genetic traits, uh, these children uh, have cholesterols of, of, of 1,000. And um, uh, these children, uh, although some are treated with statins, they, they really need liver transplants because uh, they have a problem with cholesterol receptors. So I, I would uh, ask your doctor about your numbers. Make sure he or she tests for inflammatory mediators in the blood other than homocysteine, um, uh, fibrinogen, and, and LP little a. I would also test ferritin, which is an inflammatory marker, C-reactive protein, and uh, once you, uh, and also your hemoglobin A1C, just make sure that you know sugar relationships aren't a problem. Once you get more data like that, you can make an assessment on statin drugs. And in the final analysis, I rarely give a statin to a healthy woman. Uh, I rarely do it. I will only do it if uh, she has enormously high uh, cholesterol, uh, inflammatory uh, cholesterol, or inflammatory triglyceride levels, but frequently I'll, I'll use lifestyle changes, but very, very rarely give a statin. Okay. Thank you so much. <laughs> that was great a great answer. answer. So I have one question on top of that. So what if her uh, LP little a is high uh, or out of, out of the norm? What would you yeah, do Yeah, okay. Then? If her LP little a is high, then I would probably look at that as a causal factor in her brother and father, uh, because that, that these are genetically inherited. Now, LP little a, when it's high, statins can make it worse. I mean, statins are not a great treatment for a high LP little a. Uh, what's the, the best treatment for LP little a is really lumbrokinase, uh, which uh, uh, there's a company in Canada up by you guys. I mean, uh, um, uh, I, I like the company. I have no re relationship with them. Uh, but they make Baluki, B-O-L-U-O-K-E, and uh, this is a lumbrokinase that actually uh, has been shown to lower LP little a. Now, if you don't take lumbrokinase, can you take other supplements or nutritionals that will impact the um, horrific uh, complications of LP little a, which is sort of, it, it's, it's pro-inflammatory, and it also causes blood clotting. Well, certainly omega-3 essential fatty acids you can take, one or two grams a day. Niacin will also um, uh, help to neutralize LP little a, huh. but niacin's tough to take. I mean, you need uh, larger doses, and you may get the, uh, the uh, pruritus, the itching, and the burning of the skin. Um, and you can also take nanokinase. Nanokinase uh, will help to impact LP little a in a positive way, uh, but it's not as good as lowering the LP little a number that lumbrokinase has. So basically, that's my long and short treatment of LP little a. Wow, that's very great. interesting. Very excellent. Great. So, got another caller here. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sounds good. 
Lou, you have a question about cholesterol. Yes, I do. Um, so this is uh, about a, for a friend of mine. Her total cholesterol is about 300, mm-hmm. and her triglycerides are about 340. At one time, it was over 1,000. And she went on statins, and she did not do well at all. A lot of body aches, and she did not feel well. Um, so she's off the statins. Um, and the question before it was very good about all the testing for inflammation. She has no history of high blood pressure. She has anemia. She is taking niacin. And I'm wondering, you know, what else could she try? Well, yeah, well there you go. <laughs> yeah, just a question. Do you know what her HDL is? Her HDL is in the 40s. So if you look at her triglyceride to HDL ratio, if you put the triglycerides, you said it was over, uh, it was, how, how high was it again, the triglycerides? Um, right now it's about 340. She was in 1,000. Right. So she had a very high triglycerides with a relatively low HDL for a woman. Um, so basically if you do that ratio, it's about 9. Uh, and when I see ratios over 5, I get very concerned. The best ratios uh, would be something like this, a triglyceride, let's say 85 with an HDL of 50. Uh, that would be a ratio like about 1.3. Any ratios less than 2, um, I, I like to see in my patients. Um, so let, let's look at the situation. Does she have metabolic syndrome? In other words, uh, you know, is she overweight? Does she, you said she didn't have high blood pressure, but is her abdominal size approaching about 34 yes. inches in a woman a or 40 inches in a male? Excuse me? She is a little bit overweight around yeah. her belly. So the overweight status could be a factor uh, uh, in her triglycerides. Uh, we want to make sure that she's not insulin resistant or has type 2 diabetes. I would certainly look at uh, getting a blood sugar on her and a hemoglobin A1C. Uh, the other factor is since she's had high cholesterols with high triglycerides, uh, you know, she could be uh, a, an autosomal dominant for familial hypercholesterolemia. Uh, but again, I would get uh, her entire cholesterol and lipid profile fractionated to see if that's a possibility. But if she is overweight, I would drastically restrict carbs. I would take carbs out of her diet. Uh, uh, with, with this cholesterol, with this triglyceride profile, I would make her diet only 10 to 15% carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. I would give her a lot of healthy fats, some maybe 20, 25% protein. And what's going to happen with her when you give her coconut, avocado, uh, satu- healthy saturated fats, a lot of olive oil, uh, especially with the recent data coming out from Europe on a pre-demed study showing that four tablespoons of olive oil a day is absolutely incredibly healthy for you. Uh, I, I would put her on more fats and uh, repeat her blood work in about three to six months, and I'll think she'll see a pleasant surprise and probably weight loss as well. Okay. Now, the niacin, she's taking about 1,000 milligrams a day. <clears throat> and she yeah, the niacin's okay. okay. I mean, if she can tolerate the, uh, the hot flushes, the niacin's fine. Uh, she can certainly combine that with uh, omega-3s, particularly for high cholesterol. Uh, but again, once she takes sugar out of her diet and reduces the diet, so that means no bread, no pastas, no potatoes, no rice. I mean, uh, having a, a diet that's only 10 to 15 percent carbohydrate uh, is, is a little tough to follow, but you, you can do it. And, and uh, uh, trust me, the, the weight loss will be remarkable. And when that happens, there'll be a, a positive relationship in her, in her blood lipids.
Um, Dr. Sinatra, we need to take another break here. Okay. Lou, thanks yep, for thank calling. You. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. I just want to alert you to this great article in the June 23rd edition of Time magazine. The article featured on the cover is Eat Butter. Scientists labeled fat the enemy and why they were wrong. This is the article that explains how the low-fat diet recommendations were based on poor science, resulting in Americans becoming the fattest population of any country. It's a great article to help you understand why saturated fat is a healthy fat. So eat your butter. If you've got questions today, call us at 651-641-1071. So wake me up when it's all Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, many nutrition researchers and, of course, Dr. Sinatra and Nutritional Weight and Wellness explain that inflammation is one of the root causes of heart disease. Inflammation. So you say, okay, so what causes inflammation? It might be that vegetable oil, you know, the corn oil that you're cooking with, or it might be some of the pre-made foods that you're buying, which are really making the flames of inflammation grow in your, bl- in your blood vessels. So we really say, check the ingredients. You know, if it says vegetable oil or even canola oil, you may be creating inflammation in your body and in your blood vessels. I mean, people just don't realize that. No, don't they don't. So. They don't. You know, um, Dr. Sinatra, we get lots of clients who really don't understand their cholesterol numbers. A lot of times they feel like if their cholesterol, total cholesterol is over 200, they're sure to have a heart attack. So is cholesterol such a bad thing? And what, what might you, how, how would you explain some of the benefits of cholesterol? Well, that's a good question. I mean, I mean, the body needs cholesterol. When, you know, when people have chronic illnesses or infections, when cholesterol drops below 100, <clears throat> I get very concerned that these people are going to die from their chronic infection. I mean, HIV and AIDS is a classic example. Um, you know, cholesterol is very important in combating infection. In fact, uh, in our book, you know, when we did the research on the great cholesterol myth, um, people with the highest cholesterols, had resistance to pulmonary infections and, uh, mm. and infections of the gastrointestinal tract. Uh, so the higher your cholesterol, uh, you did much better in not getting infections. And I used to tell people during flu-like, you know, during outbreaks of the flu, if your cholesterol is high, uh, you, you have more resistance. The same thing is true with MRSA in children. Uh, higher cholesterols in children, they can combat uh, these these very virulent uh, staphylococcal infections. Now, even the Framingham data shows that, um, and this has been going on for 50 years, and uh, when I trained in the Hartford area in cardiology um, in, in, in Connecticut here, we were very close to Framingham, and, and we shared a lot of data with the Massachusetts researchers. And the earlier data showed that cholesterol could be a problem, but, the, but now they, after looking at these patients uh, with these people for three, four, five decades, uh, people with the highest cholesterols live the longest. And there's also a, um, uh, a, a research area in Italy that shows the same thing. So there's something about cholesterol that's very special. Mm-hmm. And what it is is that it offers protection in the body. However, however, not all cholesterol is healthy. We talked about LP little a, for example, a few minutes ago, which is the real cholesterol story. So I would say this. You know, cholesterol is found at the scene of the crime, 
but it's not the perpetrator. We shouldn't kill it. We shouldn't mock it. We shouldn't get rid of it. Our body needs it. However, if we do have virulent forms of inflammatory cholesterol, and particularly if it's oxidized, if it's angry from, let's say, heavy metals or, or canola oil, as you just mentioned, or these, any of these omega-6 oils that are pro-inflammatory, these uh, pro-inflammatory um, uh, toxins in the environment, whether it's mercury, whether it's uh, bisphenol A or phthalates or insecticides or pesticides or EMF or uh, high insulin levels, any of these factors can oxidize uh, cholesterol, which could then become a problem. So, um, you know, cholesterol can be a blessing in mm -hmm. some people. It can be a curse in others, depending on their fractionation and depending on whether they have this genetically inherited LP little a that we talked about previously. Great. Let's take another caller here. Um, We've got lots of them on the line. We sure do. Louise, you've got a question. Good morning. Thank you for waiting. Oh, yes. Good morning. Sorry. <laughs> I was just waiting. Uh, yes, actually, most of my question has been answered because I was wanting the numbers, what I'm supposed to ask my doctor to check on my cholesterol. I think that's, that's a great much... question, and I, you know, I think we should go over that again. Yeah. What it, are the it, tests you know, that you need to know? It, so. All right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, first of all, um, you know, cholesterol numbers in the in the high 200s are fine with me. I get a little concerned when the cholesterol numbers go into the 300s. I'm talking on total cholesterol because mm -hmm. I just want to make sure we, we're not dealing with familial hypercholesterolemia, which can show its ugly head in, in numbers. Uh, usually these people have cholesterols if they have one of the uh, uh, genetic factors uh, in three to four to mm -hmm. five, six hundreds. So I get concerned about that, but that's one in 500 people. Uh, if you have cholesterols of, let's say, 250 and you have an HDL of, of, let's say, 50 to 60 and a triglyceride less than 100, I mean, who cares? I mean, I don't care about that. I mean, I mean to me, that's, that's, that's a healthy profile. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I am much more concerned about the triglyceride HDL ratio because, remember, if that ratio is less than 2, I can breathe easily and say to my patient, say, look, this is a great profile, regardless of what your total cholesterol number is, because I am much more concerned about type 2 insulin or, you know, type 2 diabetes and insulin resistance uh, because of what's been going on in our society with this no-fat, low-fat craze. We've been making ourselves more insulin resistant because of all the sugar in the body. So uh, the two most important numbers for me would be the triglyceride and the HDL, and when that ratio goes from 2 to 5, I get a little concerned. When it goes over 5, I get very concerned. And when it goes over 8, 9, or 10, uh, that's a red flag for a, a ticket for uh, heart disease. Because remember, you're dealing with acute inflammation when your mm -hmm. uh, numbers are that high. And, and again, that's metabolic syndrome, which a lot of people have in our society today but don't know it. Okay, I do have a question, though. I am on a statin. And so when she checks my cholesterol, it's because I'm, I'm on this pill. So what about that? I mean, my count right now last year was 212, but I'm on a statin. So is it that lowering it? Well, it, it probably is, but, but uh, why are you on a statin? Just to treat numbers, or have you yeah, had a heart well, attack in the past? This, you know, I've been on it since, like you were talking before, back in the 80s. Wow. And, you know, with yeah. the 
low well, fat. Well, I, I get concerned when, when people are on statins that long, especially women. I get concerned about breast cancer okay. relationships. Uh, uh, there is data on, on long-term use of statins in women because the statins, not only are they cholesterol killers, but they knock out squalene, which is very important for uh, uh, the immune system, and they also knock out the pathway for coenzyme Q10. So I hope you're taking coenzyme Q10 uh, I am, as yes. a supplement. <laughs> okay, that's great. That's great. Okay. Um, and I hope you're taking an olive oil, which contains squalene, which, again, will give you some more immune support. But um, uh, I would talk to your doctor uh, because, again, in women, uh, I am disappointed in the efficacy of statins in women. I mean, very, very rarely will I use them in a woman without heart disease. Uh, even when women with documented heart disease, stents, bypass, heart attacks, uh, I occasionally use statins uh, in women with proven heart disease because I'm dis- disappointed because the, um, the uh, risk ratio is high and, and, the, and the efficacy is low in women, but not in men. Now, in men with documented heart disease, well, let's say any male under the age of 75, I'll give a male a statin regardless of his cholesterol. I'm not treating his cholesterol. I'm treating inflammation and blood thinning, and that's what statins really do. Okay, well, I know to ask her to do the fractionated numbers, but she's going to say, well, your cholesterol is good because you're on the statin. So how do I argue with that? Well, you can just say, could you take me off the statin okay. or go on I'm half the statin for a few weeks and then go off it, and then three months later take your okay. cholesterol numbers again and, and, and see what they do. But I would fractionate it. I okay. would check. Uh, no. I would get like a VAP, a VAP test or a, a, an NMR test or, an, or a lipoprotein profile test. They're all in the book. I mean, I'm oh, sure okay. you're a cardiologist to work with you, especially since you're, you know, you're cooperating. And uh, in other words, you're both doing your discernment and you want to do the right thing. Okay. All and, right. you know, the Thank other you. thing that I think while you're on off of that statin for three months or four months, you should be eating the weight and wellness way so that you can I do. Ma- mainly keep your cholesterol uh, at a normal range. So, mm-hmm. But I know we have to take another need- quick break here, don't quick we, Kate? Break. Okay. Thanks for the one. call, though. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you want to avoid heart disease, I'd recommend you switch your cooking oils to coconut oil and butter. For salads or low-heat cooking, choose olive oil. Dr. Sinatra shares many recipes in the Great Cholesterol Myth Cookbook, his new cookbook, that use heart-healthy oils. And here's one recipe I want to try, the easy beef saute with fresh herbs. If you've got questions for Dr. Sinatra today, call us at 651-641-1071. Worried that your cholesterol is a little high? Has your doctor suggested that you take cholesterol medication or change your diet? If you have decided to change your eating, Nutritional Weight and Wellness has a proven plan to normalize cholesterol numbers. After helping hundreds of people raise their HDL good cholesterol, lower their LDL bad cholesterol, and reduce triglycerides, their confident diet is the answer. Their diet is scientific. It creates the results you want. The nice thing about their plan is that it's not a starvation diet. You'll be amazed how effective nutrition can be in normalizing cholesterol. Even better, there are no side effects. You may also discover other benefits from this approach, such as increased energy and better moods. If you are ready to commit to an eating plan to manage your cholesterol, give Nutritional Weight and Wellness a call at 651-699-3438 or go to weightandwellness.com. Schedule an appointment at an office convenient to you or arrange a phone consultation. For more information, call 651-699-3438 or go to weightandwellness.com. 
Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, if you want to learn more about how to prevent heart disease, let me suggest you take the weight the weekend weight and wellness series, the weekend of July 25th. We do 12 hours of life-changing nutrition education, and nurses can earn 14.4 continuing education credits. We have six different teachers. Um, They'll teach the weekend series. We serve an organic, balanced lunch and snacks. You know, it's really an inspiring weekend. So, Call 651-699-3438 to register, or you can go online at weightandwellness.com to register. And I know that people are really going to have a lot of questions because Dr. Sinatra has shared so much information. And sometimes it's really hard to get to understand all that. But he does put all this information in The Great, great Cholesterol Myth, either in that book or in The Great Cholesterol Myth Cookbook. And you can probably find that at any bookstore at on Amazon.com. And if you want to reach Dr. Sinatra, go to his website. It's called HeartMindInstitute.com. And I know that people are going to want more information. It's been a yeah. wonderful discussion this morning. And I think well, let's go ahead, Kate, and take some take more, more questions. Mm-hmm. All right. Greg, you have a question about lipoprotein. Good morning, Greg. Greg? Uh, Hi, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I'm a current client of yours. But I, I, w- I just got a question for the doctor regarding uh, Dr. Michael Richmond. I wonder if he knows of him and what he thinks of his uh, of his research. I know he's not a big fan of, uh, of saturated fats. But he also talked about the uh, relationship between uh, cholesterol and lipoprotein as being the main things to look at. Sure. I, I, I unfortunately don't know Dr. Richmond, so I'm, I can't answer that one. Okay. As far as the apoproteins, yeah, the apoproteins A and B are measured on uh, when you do cholesterol fra- uh, fractionization. And uh, it is important to measure particularly the APOA, which is pro-inflammatory. And remember, when you do the cholesterol fractionization, uh, not only are you getting particle size, but you're getting particle number. So if you have a, a large, let's say over a thousand uh, uh, small particle B numbers, for example, uh, I would be more aggressive in a patient with larger uh, uh, small particle numbers. So again, we're looking at particle size, particle number. We're, we're, we're also looking at the possibility of dysfunctional HDL. We'd like to see more HDL2 as opposed to HDL3. And we're looking at inflammatory triglycerides. So that's why I prefer the cholesterol fractionization as opposed to just getting a cholesterol, HDL, and, and uh, LDL, which most people mm-hmm. traditionally get. Mm-hmm. Now, if I've got a, uh, uh, a triglyceride number of 73 and HDL number of 59, total cholesterol number of 250, uh, should I have some concern there? No, that's great. I mean, uh, I mean, those numbers are very similar to my own numbers. Uh, I like to see low triglycerides and higher HDLs. So that ratio is way less than two, uh, and uh, uh, I, I like that a lot. I mean, to me, that's the, a very, very healthy lipid score. Excellent. Great. Great. Thanks for the call this morning. And, Kate, should we Let's go ahead? Let's take uh, Michelle. You have a call or you have a question for us? Yes, I do. Um, I have had high cholesterol in numbers over 200 for about 15 years. I'm in my early 40s. And um, I just had, I've been put on, they tried to get me on 
Lipitor before, and I've just chosen not to go on to it. And then I had a, <clears throat> had a scan done of my carotid arteries, and the technician said they looked good, but my doctor called back and said, oh, you know, they didn't look that good, and your numbers for the last 15 years have been over 200. You have to go on this medication. And I'm just wondering, you know, I, I'm understanding that some of this is hereditary, and that's always been my feeling. But um, what I'm just nervous about being on this for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, very good question. I mean, uh, I'd like to know what kind of carotid scan you had. If it's an IMT, uh, that's an intramedial thickness, and there's also a ultrasound of the carotid. Uh, but again, I don't like to treat numbers in patients, especially women. I mean, I think it's... Uh, a poor medicine to treat a cholesterol number. I'd rather treat the cholesterol patient. And again, in women, I, I, I just feel that statins have so much excess baggage compared to men with proven coronary disease. If you were a male who was 40 years old and had uh, proven uh, heart disease, either a stent, a bypass, or a heart attack, I'd be treating you with a low-dose statin regardless of your cholesterol. I wouldn't even look at your cholesterol uh, because, remember, uh, statins work in other areas. They, they happen to thin the blood and they happen to be potent anti-inflammatories as well as antioxidants. So in a male, I would treat. In a female, I would not. And since you don't have heart disease uh, and you have a, maybe a suspicion on a carotid, uh, uh, for me, that's not enough information to put you on a medication for years and years and years. Well, and also I had um, a gastric surgery done, so I haven't been able to eat breads or pastas. Or fried foods. Well, that's good. That's great. <laughs> For like the last seven years. So that's where I don't understand if it's all cholesterol, it's all by what you're eating. I don't understand why those numbers haven't dropped in the last seven years. Well, well, again, I'm not worried about numbers. I'm, I'm just oh, worried yeah, about sorry. more like relationships. Uh, so uh, I'd, I'd be interested in your triglycerides, your HDL. If, you, if you're overweight, I would try to continue to lose weight. Um, and, and, again, eating healthy, you, you're doing the right thing. Just avoid a lot of these carbs, especially these carbs that have, that have been hybridized, like wheat, for, for years and years, mm -hmm. which can cause inflammation in the body as well. Okay. So I think the other point is that you said your, your cholesterol was somewhere in the 200s, but you don't have to really be concerned about that unless it starts to go 300, 400, and then maybe that's when you start to have some concerns. Yeah, in other words, it, when it goes into the three and four hundreds or five hundreds, I get concerned about familial, genetically inherited, we call that mm -hmm. hypercholesterolemia, familial hypercholesterolemia. And remember, that autosomal dominant is one in 500 people in America. Uh, so uh, those are the people I, I'm more aggressive on, even perhaps with statin drugs. But people with just high cholesterols, you know, 250 up to three, even up to 330, 340, uh, those people uh, I see all the time, and uh, I don't treat them with pharmaceutical drugs. Unless okay, it's a great. male with coronary great. disease. And then I, I'm very aggressive in a male with a low-dose statin with coronary disease. Okay. Great. Thank you. So, you know, I think I have just one other kind of question, and that's about hypertension, high blood pressure. And I, you know... Dr. Sinatra, would you talk a little bit about magnesium and calcium as far as um, hypertension goes? Yeah, I mean, uh, first of all, magnesium is a lot easier. I mean, uh, uh, we are deficient in magnesium in, in our soils, uh, and uh, we don't get enough magnesium in the diet anymore. And 
I love magnesium supplements. Uh, I particularly like the citrate, uh, glycinate, taurinate. I love magnesium orotate because it helps to drive ATP in a preferential direction. Uh, And uh, for me, magnesium is a no-brainer. Now, when it comes to calcium, uh, I have reduced my amounts of calcium in women, especially postmenopausal women. Mm-hmm. I mean, years ago, we used to recommend 1,500 milligrams. Uh, mm. Now today, when we're giving much more vitamin D to these women, uh, we've seen a relationship of calcification uh, in, 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 in coronaries and other vessels with higher dose vitamin D and calcium. So I have relaxed my calcium requirements and uh, even in the formulas I've developed, I've, I've reduced calcium drastically for uh, both premenopausal and postmenopausal women. I'm much more in favor of uh, of uh, vitamin D and magnesium because we, have, especially you guys up in Minnesota, yep. you have profound vitamin D deficiencies. You bet. So lower calcium, more vitamin D, more magnesium. That's Thank you. Show. You know, Dr. Sinatra, thanks so much for being on. It was a great show. Thank you for all the information. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.